Tonight on Fig Tree Watchers, it's Friday Night Prophecy, and Io will be joining me soon as we discuss the world events and how they relate to Bible prophecy. In honor of what's going on in Ukraine tonight, um, the background music will be Salvation is Your Name. This is a very dark time, and as we are inviting people in, uh, we understand that what is going on in around the world, especially in the Ukraine, uh, there are some evil acts. Suffering is a horrific thing to endure, but many are going through it, not just in the Ukraine. Christians are suffering in Korea, North Korea, China. Um, a pastor was sentenced this week to eight years in prison in China for preaching the gospel. There is Christian suffering everywhere. In fact, Taiwan right now, the people there are suffering as uh, it looks like China is getting ready to make its military operation into Taiwan. And once again, we see the weakness of the incompetent leading the world, doing nothing. There was an old wise saying that was said, all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men and women to do nothing. These are the difficult times that we were warned about by Jesus. And it is up to us to stand in the gap and to pray because it's not the might of men. It's not by power but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. The Lord is our salvation. He is the one that can bring victory in the darkness. He is the one who can bring hope when there is no hope. When our spirits are crushed and our joy is gone, it is the Lord who is our strength and our redeemer. We rejoice because God can bring us through any situation no matter how difficult it is. And this is why we know that the Lord is God. Because He remembers. He knows what we endure. He has counted the very hairs on our head. And it is in that hope that we lift our voice up to the Lord God Almighty and say, God, help us. Help us in our time, in our struggle. Help us, oh God. And so only the Lord can save the Ukraine. Only the Lord can save America. Only the Lord can save Canada. Only the Lord can save Australia, New Zealand, and North Korea, and South Korea. Only the Lord can save Taiwan from the oppressors that are coming. It is the duty of every Christian to fall on their knees and cry out to the Lord and say, Help your people, O God. And he is faithful and just to hear our prayers and to accomplish everything in his sovereign will. Great is the Lord God Almighty. That's tonight on Fig Tree Watchers as we discuss the world events. Amen. Amen to all of that, brother. That was great. That was a great way to start. You know, it is, uh, it's a dark time, but we are the light that shines in the darkness because of Jesus. Yeah. Because of Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. I am, I'm overwhelmed 
with grief right now for the Ukrainian people. Um, I, I know we're going to discuss Ukraine, and I think we might as well just jump in, but let's pray before we do, if you don't mind. Um, I would yeah. like to pray, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Dear Father God, I, I come to you, Lord, uh, tonight as we get ready to discuss these events. And Lord, you know my heart that it is angry and it is burdened. Lord, I've been thinking about my dad all those years ago who went to Kiev and he met with the underground church to, to bring out Pastor Georgi Vins out of Russia, out of Ukraine, actually. And um, he was uh, part of the the, the the exchange for the Russian spies that, that President Jimmy Carter did. Lord, and, and how they ministered to my dad and they strengthened my dad while he was there. They encouraged him. And Lord, I, those, those believers have spread the gospel in that little Baptist church in Kiev so that others came to know Christ. Oh God, we pray for them right now with the bombings and the horrific atrocities being committed against the Ukrainian people. We pray for Taiwan as already we're hearing reports of, of uh, early stage developments by the Chinese government. Lord, we pray that, that you will interfere because our world leaders are inept and they are unjust, and they are corrupt. They are weak. But the evil ones, God, they are, they are amassing their forces and their oppression, and they are pouring out their oppression on, with, with, with evil delight, O oh God. Stop them, O oh Lord. Rise up, O oh God, and rescue your people. Help them, O oh God. Let your sovereign will be done, but God help them, O Lord, in their time of need. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world who are suffering. We pray, O God, that you would help them today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 This, is, um, this is kind of personal for me because I was a, a young lad. Uh, around 11 years of age when my dad went to communist Russia and uh, he on, uh, on behalf with uh, another pastor named uh, Pastor Keister went there to Kiev to help bring Pastor Georgi Vins um, who was imprisoned in Siberia for preaching the gospel. He was able to get him and his son who was also imprisoned, uh, the, the wife, the daughter, um, even the St. Bernard, they were able to get them all out of Russia in exchange for two spies that the U.S. government caught. And then my dad, on that trip, after he got them out, he went to Israel with, with Pastor T-shirt. And a few months later, I was able to meet Georgi Vins um, and hear him speak and, and hear about his faith. When my dad was there, he visited the, the church of uh, Georgi Vins in Kiev. And... Um, he asked him, how do you endure through this? And he said, well, we pray. And he goes, what do you pray about? And he goes, we pray for you in America that your faith would be strengthened by our faith. And I thought about that today as 
the Ukrainian people just before the invasion were on the streets praying and crying out to the Lord. It was so moving that even a CNN newscaster mm -hmm. fell to her knees in prayer. This is, uh, as you're going to get into, this is a, a, a brutal attack by Putin and it has world events on it. And I, I want to highlight a couple of them real quickly. One is the Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, the Russian Orthodox Church, do not be mistaken, this is a very corrupt church. In fact, one of the things that, that uh, Putin said why he's invading is to eliminate the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, which broke away from the Russian Orthodox Church. Yeah. And uh, he wants to eliminate them, wipe them out, and force Russian Orthodoxy onto them. And the Russian Orthodox Church, it, it is like the, the most uh, vile of, I mean, we criticize the Catholic Church, they make the Catholic Church look like saints. Um, their theology is completely warped. Um, and they're completely supportive of uh, the, the, the destruction of Ukraine. They, they think of Putin as uh, the great leader. They support him wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. um, they, they don't allow the free uh, um, preaching of the gospel. Uh, they have always been part of the KGB in Russia. Uh, and so it, they're not to be trusted at all. They've always participated in the persecution of the Baptist churches in Russia, um, especially the, the one that my dad went to. And so uh, in Zechariah chapter 5, it describes wickedness being brought down by two stork-like creatures, abominations. Yeah. These two creatures represent two of the fake religions of the world coming together as one and coming down on a temple. One of them, I think, that we're starting to see the emergence of is the Russian Orthodox Church. We talk a lot about the Catholics, but I think we're now seeing the emergence of a stronger, corrupt, uh, false system that is not biblical, and that is the Russian Orthodox. And I think this is something we need to keep our eye on because I think it's leading to that one world religion. Um, I'm not saying the Russian Orthodox is the one world religion. I'm saying it's leading to, just like... I think the Catholic Church is leading to. It's going to be a, a major um, event of merging of systems. But watch as you begin to see the Orthodox Russian um, belief system take the dominant view um, in the, in the uh, eastern part of Europe. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch for sure. Um, there's just a lot to. I mean, we were talking earlier, and I was like, I have like. 20 30 articles here trying to narrow it down so there's a ton to watch for and I'm, I'm sure in the coming days weeks months we're still going to be watching ukraine we're still going to be watching russia seeing you know how all this plays out what the consequences of what putin did uh how it factors into state center about prophecy um just like afghanistan right even afghanistan has vertical triple effects and so even what's going on with ukraine if afghanistan didn't happen i'm sure putin would have thought twice about invading into ukraine um, so I'm sure it's going to be somewhere we're going to be talking about for months and months to come. Yeah, and, and news report just came out that Chechen forces are now coming in. The Chechens are nasty uh, fighters. I mean, they are they are the 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 vicious. Uh, if you were going to think about Vikings, they are they're like the Vikings of the Russian uh, backbone. 
Um, these guys are, are brutal and ruthless. And uh, now the Chechens are coming in as yeah. the second wave coming in. So while the rest of the world will send no one to help out the Ukraine, the Russians have Belarus helping them out, the Chechens helping them out. Um, there's even rumors of Chinese forces um, that are maybe in the Ukraine right now. Um, and the other thing that's very scary is that you're seeing targeted attacks by special forces, by Russians going after nationalists. Uh, we'll bring that up in just a moment, but go ahead and start with your first article. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of specify what the Chetans are, because um, some people might not know who they are, but they're like, we can think of them as like private mercenaries, and they're Muslims too, they're Muslims. So that's factored in. So when we think about how Muslims fight, how Muslims wage jihad, the Chechens are kind of like that. And, you know, if they're killing someone, if they die in battle, they don't care because they believe what they're doing is paying homage to Allah. If they die, they're just going to, you know, paradise. So you have to factor that in, into their behavior as well, part of why they're ruthless, just as a background to the Chechens. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to start right now as well. I was going to start with um, uh, some, some news that isn't as weighty in terms of, I'll just read the headlines. I'm not going to go in through it right now just because uh, we don't have as much time. Um, but I'll just read the headlines here just for you guys to consider. We can talk about it next week, or you guys can look my story as well. Uh, so this is from Forbes, a national um, pass for the pandemic. Everything going on is quietly rolled out, and red states are getting on board. Uh, telecoms, a DT chosen to help create global health passports. So the WHO has basically chosen an organization to help create a global health passport. And from the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, end of the dollars we know it. RBA suggests digital tokens are on the money. So um, now Australia is also trying to go into digital currency. And again, we don't have time to get into that. We'll move on to Ukraine. But I just wanted to shoot off those headlines for you guys to show that, hey, while Ukraine's been going on, I've been telling this people, uh, telling guys in my stories and on Telegram for those who follow me that, hey, while Ukraine's going on, it's huge. It's a big deal. We should pay attention to it. You should pray to Ukraine. But it's not the only thing going on. There's still, there's still the pandemic. There's still Israel. There's still technology. There's still the temple. There's still all of these things going on, natural disasters. All that is going on at the same time this is going on. So I just kind of remind people that so we don't lose focus, not minimizing what's going on in Ukraine, but just saying that, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on. Let me, um, let me add, let me add yeah. something to that. Um, uh, this week, there were 104 earthquakes of 4.5 or greater for this week in the last seven days, according to earthquakes.com. Remember last week we talked about it, it was around 87. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a gigantic jump up. Uh, interesting enough that it's happening in the week that the Ukraine is, is yeah. um, being invaded. Um, but also this week, some interesting things happened. Um, we had a, a rash of, um, of cases here in California relating to um, teachers being involved in sexual assaults. Um, I spoke to uh, one person that is in Apple Valley that was talking about that um, they have 15 teachers that um, they're trying to get suspended because of the, them sexually assaulting students. Uh, two principals were arrested this week here in, in Southern California uh, because they allowed, condoned, and, and hid, they covered up mm -hmm. sexual assaults by teachers on students. And uh, so we're seeing this great evil coming about at the yeah. same time. This is wickedness at a, at a total um, incredible level that is going on at the same time that these world events are going on. 
So Satan is distracting the world with a nice punch to the Ukraine um, and uh, another gut punch to Taiwan uh, that is starting this today. But at the same time, he's not stopping there. He's doing a full court press. Um, I think it was interesting that we talked about that um, analysts were saying uh, Russia could invade the Ukraine by nine different points. We brought out, we thought, 13. It turned out to be 20. 20. And we invaded the Ukraine by 20 different points. Uh, and uh, that's exactly how Satan operates. We think it's one over here, two over there. No, it's a full court press. Full court press. And uh, I think that's important to understand what is going on there. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but absolutely. I just wanted to say we need to be on guard in all areas. Remember what Jesus said, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just to start, you guys know about the invasion of Ukraine, everybody knows by now. So what we're going to be specifically talking about is not, you not really like the beginning of it or the background, but since we know about it, we'll just talk about the effects of it, the possible prophetic significance, how it can affect all of us going forward. So that's going to be our focus uh, tonight. The first piece I want to focus on is the economic aspect. Now, again, it's like Israel and Ezekiel 38 and everything. That's the huge chunk we'll be really be focusing on. But part of it, too, is the economic aspect. And we touched about, we talked about this, like, I don't know, a few weeks back where we pulled an article and we, we examined how um, the source was saying that, hey, this could affect, you know, global food supplies, oil, inflation, like already add to um, the woes that we're already facing, the economic woes. And that's essentially what we're looking at already. Uh, so this article by the Times of Israel, uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine threatens to cause havoc for global economy. This article says just what a vulnerable world economy didn't need, a conflict that accelerates inflation, rattles markets, and portends trouble for everyone from Europe consumers to indebted Chinese developers and families in Africa that face soaring food prices. So they're talking about worldwide, worldwide ready facing everything due to the pandemic. And this situation on, you know, what might seem to be a little portion of the world is affecting the whole globe. They say, yet the conflict threatens to inflict severe economic damage on some countries and industries, damage that could mean hardships for millions of people. Uh, Russia is the world's third biggest producer of petroleum. It is a major export of natural gas. Ukraine's farms feed millions around the world. So we don't think about it. We don't know those facts, but Ukraine is a pretty huge piece of the world in terms of like where our food comes from, where our resources come from. And if Putin gains control of that or impedes it, that could be a huge issue. Uh, just to continue, I'll end off and talk about the prevailing significance of this. Uh, they said, and financial markets are in a precarious spot as central banks prepare to reverse years of easy money policies and raise interest rates. Uh, Russia's attack could slow Europe, Europe's economic recovery by sending already elevated energy prices even higher. So Europe also is in a bind due to that. So what could this obviously feed into or set the stage for? We talk about this a lot due to inflation is the third seal in uh, Revelation 6, right? So Revelation 6, 5 to 6 says, when he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, come, I looked and behold, a black horse knew sounded, had a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius, and do not damage you on the wine. So again, guys, what we've been seeing for the past two years now is due to the pandemic, due to, and, poor uh, choices on the part of the governments of 
of the U.S. and of the world, we're seeing increasing inflation. We're seeing we're not getting any goods, things like that. And now with this war on our hands in Ukraine and Russia, it's going to add to the situation and further, I think, set the stage for what the Bible says here, which will ultimately happen in the tribulation. But we're already seeing a shadow of that right now. Yeah, th this is this is kind of critical. I mean, the wheat embargo against the Soviet Union was a very big thing that was done in the 70s and, and 80s by the U.S. government. Um, it actually caused them to look for wheat in areas that they didn't. And Ukraine was the biggest supplier. Uh, a lot of people don't remember this, but in the in the 80s, it was common to see bread lines in Russia of 250, 300 people waiting in line to get bread, just a loaf of bread. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start seeing this go back up. Where we are in the inflation process is only going to get worse from this point forward. Okay, so grow your own food. Number one, that's a smart thing to do. Grow your own food. Um, I was so grateful because I could go out in my backyard. I could pull some spinach and some Swiss chard and could make a salad out of it. Um, grab some onion. That was a dollar I didn't have to spend in the grocery store, you know, um, a little bit more than a dollar. But uh, you can't even buy a salad for less than, you know, four bucks. And, and it's kind of crazy right now. I had a less is four bucks uh, out here in California. So that's money that you can save. You know, that is things you can do. But you also need to pray and you need to walk right, walk righteously. You need to stop spending money on frivolous things that distract you from God's kingdom. Like no more video games, you know, get rid of that. Um, don't support Hollywood in the movie theaters. If you can do it for free, yeah, great, but don't support them anymore. Um, and uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy. Someone said a lettuce in NZ is $5. Where's NZ? New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. Yes. $5. Man. Man. I'm growing um, my food. Yeah. Growing food, guys. Yeah, I wish I was in. I wanted to make a comment. I was waiting for you to stop talking. But he lived, if you guys don't know, Bro Stefan lives in California. I live in Minnesota. We've been sending texts to each other throughout the week. I, I think this past weekend, I was like, oh my gosh, brother, it's 40 degrees. It's like, we're sweating. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, 80 degrees. Oh, we're, we're burning up. So. Yeah, so I, we don't, we're not as blessed as Brother Stefan to be able to go out in our backyards. My backyard is like a frozen tundra of snow, so, but we try well, to grow food, though. I thought, I thought about you later on in this week. I think God got me because it got really, really cold here. Uh, we actually have snow on the foothills oh, uh, really? here in the Cleveland National Forest, yeah. which never gets snow. So for when they get snow, it's like really cold. So, um I was like, oh, that's what IO must be going through. <laughs> a little, we had to turn all the heaters on. Oh, um, wow. The other problem we're facing out here is now gas, natural gas is shot up big time out here in California. So that's another inflationary item that is going on. But we're just all this is lining up with Bible prophecy to get back to it on a serious note. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. So we already talked about, guys, one of the effects of what we're seeing with this war uh, is the inflation, is at adding to the economic woes, which ultimately maybe uh, send the stage for that third seal revelation. And part of what we're seeing as well, which I think we're starting to move more into why this product is significant for Ezekiel 38, is that what this war with Russia and Ukraine is doing is that it's basically emboldening Russia, Iran, Turkey, the enemies of the U.S., and it's making the U.S. look weak. And we're seeing that with China, with Taiwan. Brother Stefan already made mention of that, right? So Newsweek, that article on this, uh, China claims Taiwan as its own, 
as Russia tests world with Ukraine. And Trump, he had an interview, I forgot who with, like, uh, I think it was from Fox News, where he called this out. He's like, you know, that was a brilliant move on Putin's part, not really complimenting Putin, but just saying that, hey, he saw the moment, he saw the weak president, he saw the weak administration, he took the chance to, you know, go for his goals. And he's saying that, well, China's next. Um, so that's kind of what we've been seeing. They haven't made a move yet, but they're testing the waters. So this article says China isn't backing down from its claim to ownership of Taiwan, and Beijing may be closely observing the world's reaction to Russia's invasion of Ukraine to weigh if the cost of launching an assault against Taiwan would be worth it. On Wednesday, Foreign Ministry spokesperson uh, Hui Chunying told reporters Taiwan is for sure is not Ukraine. Hui claimed the territory for China, calling it an inalienable part of the country. I believe that Hui uh, labeled an indisputable historical and legal fact. It's a talking point China's held firm to despite pressure from Western leaders to respect Taiwan's sovereignty. So that was just what? Um, this article was from the 23rd. So that was two days ago from us. Uh, another article from the Jerusalem Post, this one, they actually flew air aircrafts into Taiwanese space. So this is Jerusalem Post. Uh, this was from the 24th. Taiwan warns Chinese aircraft in its air defense zone. Uh, Taiwan's Air Force scrambled again on Thursday to warn away nine Chinese aircraft that enter its air defense zone. Uh, Taiwan has been warily watching the Ukraine crisis, nervous that China may try to take advantage to move on the islands. This is what we're seeing from the U.S.'s enemies, the U.S.'s competitors, that they're being emboldened by this action. They're saying that, hey, the U.S. screwed up in Afghanistan. They're screwing up in, with Ukraine. Let's see what they're going to do. Let's see if we can take advantage of this. Russia's right done that. And they're trying to see if Russia's going to be successful in their effort. Yeah. yeah this is, uh, and this is leading to the weakening of the U.S. This is why the U.S. is not in Bible prophecy. Yeah. Um, and this will eventually lead to what I think is the military invasion of the United States and Canada. Um, uh, Russia will go in um, and to Alaska and then invade Canada, um, and they will hit the United States with nukes. I mean, they, they, Russia's made it very clear they want to use nukes. Mm -hmm. So when you make it very clear that you want to use nukes, the president of China has said he wants to be the first world leader to nuke the United States. This, th th these are what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And when you say that you're going to do something and that you are, are gleeful about it, you can trust that person is going to figure out a way to do it, you know? And um, so with the destruction of the United States coming, this is why I played the Lord is salvation today, because our salvation is not in man. It's not in governments. It's in God. It's in God, the father who separated out the nations. Okay. Who uh, chose Israel drew them out so that they could be a hope to the world. He then took the church to spread the gospel to the whole world. Our hope is not in man or in man-made uh, government institutions or even man-made theologies or doctrines, but it's in Christ and Christ alone through faith and by grace, by grace alone and faith alone. And we need to put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the message tonight. It's, I mean, if you're a Ukrainian, you're looking around and going, where's the world? Where is, is there anybody going to come and help us? 
And at that moment, your only choice is to fall on your knees and say, Jesus, help me. Help me. And when you cry out to the Lord, he will help you. He hears the cries of the oppressed, the scripture says. Yeah. And this is what we need to rely on. We need to understand, stop putting our faith in Trump or Governor DeSantos, who I really like. I hope he runs for president. I hope he wins. But no, my faith isn't in him. Yeah. It's in Jesus. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Selena just asked, what does this mean for the U.S.? And, you know, that's a great question because we'll be getting right into that. And as you guys have questions, you can put that in the uh, comment section. And we'll ask or we'll answer the questions for you. Uh, so, I, yeah, I just want to quickly go to Ezekiel 38. This is just feeding into what we're saying. It's Ezekiel 38, 10 to 13. So in Ezekiel, as many of us know, or if you're not familiar with it, there's several nations listed here by Ezekiel that will, in the last days, in the end times, which we're in right now, um, these nations like Russia, Turkey, Iran, Libya, Sudan, will go against Israel to invade them for material gain. I'll read that off soon. And then we have some nations, such as Saudi Arabia, the Gulf states, they protested. They say, hey, are you here to take booty, to take plunder? But they don't do anything. And for years and years and years, Christians will read this part of Ezekiel and ask, where's the U.S.? Why is, not, why is the U.S. not here? For years, we've been a great ally, almost you know the number one ally of Israel for years. But yet, Ezekiel's prophesying at a time when these nations will go against Israel, and there's no one's helping them there. There's no U.S. So it begs the question, are we just taken out? Does the rapture kind of take us out? Is it that there's a new administration that doesn't, doesn't care about the U.S.? And in general, we're just seeing a weakening of the U.S. We're seeing an administration that's more antagonistic to, to Israel. And I think that's part of feeding into uh, the groundwork that has to be laid for Ezekiel. We have to have a U.S. that either doesn't care about Israel is unwilling to do anything or is too weak to even help even if they wanted to or starting to see that. That's why I'm bringing up articles of how nations are seeing what the U.S. is doing and they're being emboldened by it. So we need emboldened enemies of the U.S., emboldened bad actors in the world and a weak U.S. on the world stage if Ezekiel 38 is going to be fulfilled. So I'm just going to read through this quick and we'll go through some other articles just kind of emphasize what we're seeing in the world that's kind of mirroring what Ezekiel's telling us is going to be in the last days. So Ezekiel 38, 10 to 13, uh, thus says the Lord God will come about on that day. The thoughts will come into your mind and you will devise an evil plan. So this is um, uh, Gog from the land of Magog. And you will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I'll go against those who are at rest that live securely, all of them without living without walls and having no bars or gates. And here it is, to capture spoil, to cease plunder. So that's the material wealth they want from Israel. To turn your hand against the waste places, which are now inhabited, and against the people who are gathered from the nations, who have acquired cattle and goods, who live at the center of the world. Sheba and Dedan and the merchant Tarshish, with all its villages, will say to you, have you come to capture spoil? Have you assembled your company to cease plunder, to carry away silver and gold, take away cattle and goods, to capture great spoil? So again, no mention of the U.S. there. Sheba and Dedan are Saudi Arabia. We have good relations with Israel there. But that means that for that invasion to happen, we need to embolden Iran, Turkey, Russia, and a weak U.S. And we're seeing that play out again with China. Um, this is another example from the Times of Israel here. As Russia invades Ukraine, Baltic states fear they might be next. So even though the Ukraine, you know, the Ukraine war isn't even done yet, but 
the Biden administration, European nations are already saying that, hey, Putin has a deeper goal, a broader goal in mind than just Ukraine. So they're already seeing that he's emboldened. He's crazy. He's going to do whatever. You know, we have to do something here. And they're just throwing sanctions, but that's not, that's not going to stop him. So the article says, viewed from Paris, London, and Washington, the events unfolding in Ukraine may seem like a new Cold War taking shape in Europe. From the Baltic countries, it looks much worse. To Estonians, Latvians, and Lithuanians, particularly those old enough to have lived under Soviet control, Russia's belligerence towards Ukraine has some worried that they could be the next target. So that speaks right there. It's an emboldened Russia. That's exactly, again, what we need uh, for Ezekiel 38. The escalating tensions which preceded an attack Thursday brought back memories of mass deportations and of oppression. So that's the problem there. But again, that speaks to an emboldened Russia. Do you have anything you want to say to that, brother, before I continue? You know, we have a great question. Uh, what has to happen yeah. before the Gog and Magog war? Does the Antichrist have to be revealed first? Yes, uh, because the I believe that the leader of the 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 group there is the Antichrist. Um, I I know that we differ a little bit on that. Um, we're mostly in agreement on Ezekiel thirty eight, but I think that I really do believe that the the leader of Gog is the Antichrist. Um, I think. That's who that is. It's referring to, um, but uh, what your your point? I'll let you bring in your view on it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I differ on it differently. I know that there is that view you're saying. There's, a, and I and I hope you guys know this. There's a lot of views on Ezekiel 38. Um, but yeah, I differ. I don't believe it's the Antichrist leading it. In terms of uh, the timing of it, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I still need to research it. I know Brother Stefan is more definite about what he believes the timing is. I'm not too sure yet. But just to answer, just to go back to your question, what do we think needs to happen before God and Magog War? For sure, what I just read for us in Ezekiel 38 needs to happen. So part of what we see there, for example, is uh, verse 12: um, to capture spoil and seize plunder, to turn your hand against the waste places which are now inhabited, against the people who are gathered from the nations. Ezekiel 38 presupposes a regathered nation of Israel. They were dispossessed from their land like 1,900 years since um, AD 70, right? So Israel has to be back in the land. That happened in 1948. Check. That's a setup for uh, Ezekiel 38. They have to be wealthy and living securely. They're wealthy right now. We were talking about the Abraham Accords. We always bring that up because Abraham Accords, everybody's always saying it's getting the Middle East ready to be a more prosperous and secure Middle East. And that's also going to factor into uh, Israel for Ezekiel 38. So those kind of things need to happen. Uh, Iran, Turkey, Russia, Libya, Sudan, they need to be emboldened. The U.S. needs to be out of the picture. These are the kind of things we're looking at that needs to be in place for Ezekiel 38. Um, so a lot of people kind of think that, well, maybe it could happen tomorrow. I'm not too sure about that, again, because of what the state said needs to take place. Um, so I hope that answers your question. That's kind of my, my view on it. Yeah, and, and there is the theory, you know, well, re Israel really isn't living securely. I mean, there's terrorist attacks going on all the time. They're being bombed. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're, they're not living securely. All these things. So there is this theory that maybe there has to be this peace that has to take place before that goes on. Um, that could be very well the case. Um, we just don't know what it means by living securely. You know, what's the what's the definition? Because I, if you ask the average Israeli right now in Israel, they would go, "Yeah, I'm, we're very secure." You know, 
Um, but from the outside looking in, you're kind of going, well, are you really secure? Because all these terrorists, when they're like, well, the IDF takes care of that. They're good, you know? So it, there is that, that, that kind of quasi-security feeling. It's the interpretation of it. Um, I, I kind of think that it could happen at any moment. I believe personally that the rapture takes place before that war um, because it's all about Israel and the church has to be gone and removed out of the picture. And I, I, I think that, that that's, that's what I believe on that, that issue. Yeah. I would agree with you on the last part as well, especially since Ezekiel 38 um, at the end when God, and let's keep in mind guys, let's not forget God is, even though no earthly nation comes to Israel's rescue, God comes into, to the rescue. And he says he does this for his holy name's sake, right? He does it for his own glory and he does it, the nations see him. So it's a time we see a shift here in Ezekiel 38 where God starts to pay attention again back to his people. And we only see that after the rapture that, you know, Israel takes the prime focus again. So great question, guys. Um, just to get back to this. And, and let, me, let me just add in one verse. In Ezekiel, it says this, that the reason why he does that is because to lift up his own holy name because Israel had profaned his name. Yeah. So he says, I'm going to do this, not for you, Israel, but for my holy name, which you profaned to the nations, right? And I think about this. How did Israel profane the name to the nations? They denied that Jesus was the Messiah, right? They denied that the Lord came with salvation for the whole world. Uh, and I, I think that that's important to understand. He came for the whole world. That was the point. Uh, that Christ came to die for all mankind, everyone, everywhere, of every tribe, of every time. And while Israel was scattered among the nations, they were denying that. They were profaning the name of God, that the Lord is salvation, right? That Christ is salvation. So God's going to rescue them. He's going to do this to yeah. prove to them and prove to the world, hey, I keep my promises even when Israel didn't. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so just to continue here again, we're just focusing now on the emboldening that needs to happen to Russia. Uh, and we're seeing this in another news source. I'm just using these news sources as examples. We, we saw the scripture, we see what needs to take place, what needs to be set up. And now we're seeing the news sources in real time concerning our world and how our world is being set up for what Ezekiel 38 says needs to happen. So we always want to bring it back to scripture. How do these two relate? So another article here is from the Jerusalem Post. This one blew me away uh this is by uh joel rosenberg so he's an evangelical christian uh the he's into bible prophecy i read one of his articles a few weeks back where he talks about babylon so he he wasn't explicit here and saying that oh this is going to be you know leads his eagle 38 but I, i'm sure the undertones were there i'm going to read what he says here but the article is from the jerusalem post the title is christians wake up if world doesn't stop putin nato israel are next uh, so in this section here, I'm skipping to like the middle of the article. In this section, he has a section headline read, Will Putin threaten Israel? He says, once Putin has seized Ukraine, the Baltics, again, we read an article earlier where the Baltic states feel that they're under threat, right? So he assumes that Putin is going to go against the Baltic states. And a lot of people are assuming that. So that's what he's saying here. Once Putin has seized Ukraine, the Baltics, will any small country be safe from his grasp? That means he's emboldened. He feels like he can do whatever he wants. And U.S., no other country is there to say, hey, cut that out. You can't do that. He says, will Israel, 
No, Putin's lust for power and wealth would be unstoppable at this point. How long would it be until Putin's allies in Tehran and Damascus ask him, which side are you on, ours or Israel's? Why do you let Israel keep attacking the Iranian position in Syria? And we'll, we'll look at that, by the way. They, they talked about that. They're like, hey, Israel, because you said something about Russia or because you said something about the war, Syria or the Golan Heights isn't yours. We don't recognize it as yours. So they talked about that. Um, why do you let Israel keep threatening to take out Iran's nuclear facilities? You are the new master of the universe. Why do you show Israel? Why don't you show Israel who's boss? Remember, Putin has sold the Iranians and Syrians billions of dollars in advanced military hardware. Putin has sent military forces into Syria to save the Bashar al-Assad regime. Putin is building a huge naval base in Syria. Putin also has provided continual political cover for Iran and Syria at the UN. Yet Putin has simultaneously maintained a working and even friendly relationship with Israel, Israeli officials over the past 22 years in office. How much longer do you think that will last if the West surrenders to him in Ukraine and the Baltics? So that's the question he's asking and the proposition, the scenario I'm laying out to you guys here. Anything on that? No, I, I agree 100% with you on this. I mean, this is an analysis we've been talking about for the last two years, what's been going on in Syria, that, um, you know, part of Ezekiel 38 is it doesn't mention Syria at all. Why? Because there is no Syria. Um, Syria is obliterated, you know, it's not a country. The same thing with Lebanon. Lebanon's not a country. They come down from the north. It doesn't say they, you know, that Lebanon blocks them or anything. No, it, Lebanon's not even mentioned in this. So I, I, I totally agree with your analysis on this, and it matches up with exactly what Scripture is predicting, um, because he is going to be emboldened, and what will stop him? And there's that, that phrase that, as you were talking about, I was thinking about it with the Antichrist, whether or not Putin is the Antichrist, I'm, I don't think he is, but that's besides the point. He's, he is a figure like the Antichrist, Okay. And one of the, the comments is, is in, uh, I believe it's from the book of Revelation, is who can stop him, right? Who can stop him? Uh, yeah, the question comes out. And, um, well, God can. That's, yeah. that's the answer. God can. God will. Yeah. Jesus will. He will slay him with his breath. Um, and so I think that's important. Uh, great little comment here, but we need to know the world uh, will not know is that Jesus who took the church because they will think it's aliens. Yeah. Let me just tell you, um, whether or not the world, the government says it's aliens or not, the world is going to know the truth. Okay. Uh, and, and that is, look, there is a great suppression of the truth, censorship, all these other things that are out there right now that are going on. But the world's going to know that the rapture happened. And it's going to be obvious to everyone. And in order to delude themselves with a the lie, there are going to be those who are going to say it was aliens, right? Um, but the average person is going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. The truth is going to be there. Now, whether they want to delude themselves with a the lie, God will give them over to that delusion. Um, that's what Second Thessalonians talks about. Um, so... I wouldn't really worry about the mindset of the people then, wh what will happen. I'm worried more about the mindset of people now, okay, who are being deluded by the very same delusion and to not wanting to believe the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
I think that's the more important idea is, look, let's get everyone to know the gospel so that they're not deceived. Even if they don't receive Jesus now, that they'll receive Jesus during the tribulation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Completely agree. Um, so another article here. Um, this one's very interesting. So this one is from the Times of Israel. The headline is Putin's derision, the failure of diplomacy and a stark lessons for Israel. So again, they're relating this back to Israel. Uh, just skipping to the middle of the article, they said, it is disturbing confirmation. Listen to these words, because again, this goes back to what I was saying, that the world is seeing the U.S. as weak. This isn't my opinion. I'm just reading to you guys what the analysis is around the world. So they said, it is disturbing confirmation that the world order is being remade before our eyes with America's previous hegemony no longer assured. Uh, the United States has been Israel's key ally for decades. It remains so. But crucial to that alliance for Israel has been the knowledge that in America firmly and boldly engaged in this vast region, they're talking about the Middle East, provided stability for little Israel, helping to deter regional aggressors. So they're saying that, hey, a strong U.S. in the region, you know, make sure that the aggressors don't come after Israel. But, so they're saying today, that engagement is fading. What did we just read in Ezekiel 38? We're saying that Ezekiel 38 we need a U.S. presence not there, right? That's what they're saying is already starting to fade. Today, that engagement is fading, and so, too, the deterrence. Iran's march to the bomb is the most dangerous case in points. They just specifically allude to Iran. But, I mean, this is the point we're making with Ezekiel 38 here, uh, that if the U.S. isn't in the area, then it's a free-for-all, essentially. It's a vacuum that these enemies are going to fill, and this is what we've been saying for months and months and months. Uh, just another quick article here, and I'll just, again, turn it over to you quick for any comments. Um, we're seeing, again, how Russia and Israel's, I'm sure you guys are noticing that Israel's trying to be careful how they talk about the Russia situation. Um, we have been seeing um, different things. Lapid says one thing, and um, Naftali Bennett says another thing. We heard that they kind of um, worked together to provide two different statements. But they're trying to be very careful here. But still, even though they're trying to be careful, Russia's still like, hey, Israel, watch yourself. So it's very interesting to see that. Times of Israel, Russian envoy to Times of Israel. We hope Israel will continue taking wise diplomatic approach. They're saying, hey, Israel, we hope you're going to be doing the right thing here. Russian ambassador to Israel, uh, Anatoly Viktorov, tells the Times of Israel that Moscow hopes Israel will continue taking a wise diplomatic approach uh, Viktor offers the remarks in response to a query regarding Russia's position on Israel's response to the Ukraine invasion. Uh, Prime Minister Neftali Bani avoid condemning the Russian invasion, so they go into that. Um, so, he said, so he says, at the same time, once again, we hope that they will stay wise and diplomatic and continue our joint work for the benefits of our countries and peoples, he has, cautioning Israel against joining a new kind of Russian bashing. That's what they're calling it. Um, and, and quickly here again, um, we're seeing, I just want to note here that they essentially, so there's Jerusalem Post, Russia takes issue with Israel's sovereignty over Golan Heights in Jerusalem. And this is because of a statement made uh, by Israel condemning the invasion. So Moscow took issue with Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights in Jerusalem just prior to its attack on Ukraine. They said Russia doesn't recognize Israel's sovereignty over Golanites that are part of Syria. Um, yeah, which held the debate. So they, that's what they're saying. They said at the Syria Council, Russia reminded Israel 
that it stands with Syria. So Russia reminded Israel that Russia stands with Syria where it is militarily entrenched regarding Damascus demand that Israel returns the Gohan. Um, so again, we're seeing here this, this shaky, this shakiness occurring in the Russian Israeli relationship here that if Ru if Israel says something, they know that they're going to, you know, reap the wrath of Russia and that's what they're trying to avoid. That's again, very interesting as we go back and relate this to Ezekiel 38. Yeah, excellent. Um, we had a question. Um, why do you think there are, are people who will come to Christ um, in, during the tribulation um, with the Holy Spirit being gone? Number one, I don't agree with the Holy Spirit being gone because the Holy Spirit is God, okay? Mm -hmm. And God is yeah. everywhere. So God's presence is everywhere. It's, the Holy Spirit is not removed. That's why I believe that passage is the spirit indwelled church that is removed uh, from there. Second thing uh, to answer your question is, why do I think that there are people who come to Christ in the tribulation? Because the Bible says so. Um, yeah. Number one, uh, in Revelation seventeen six, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. So the, the, uh, this is Mystery Babylon, who is the, the prostitute who is killing okay, the saints of Christ. Uh, during the tribulation. And then we go to ch chapter 20. Uh, we also see this scripture, and, and it says, And I saw the souls of those who were beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their forehead or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So there are people who died who did not take the mark of the beast for their witness for Jesus. And they did not worship the beast. So it's directly saying that these people were alive during the tribulation. They did not worship the beast or take his mark, but they were a witness for Jesus Christ. So there are people who are going to come to Christ during the tribulation. We also know that that's what the 144,000, their purpose is, is to proclaim the gospel, the good news, the message right. of Jesus Christ. Why proclaim it if no one can come to Christ, right? Uh, that's yep. not what God does. He proclaims it because people do come to Christ during the tribulation. So yeah, hope that yeah. answered your question. Yeah, and I completely agree with everything you said there. Um, so we have 10 minutes here, so I just kind of want to wrap it up um, on a note of encouragement, and then obviously want to you know, show how this relates to the gospel and everything, because that's the ultimate thing we're trying to point you guys to. Uh, so Brother Stephon mentioned it earlier, but this is from Faithwire. Uh, the deadline is very moving. Santa reporter pauses live, captures stunning moment. Ukrainians kneel and pray after Putin announced the deadly invasion. So CNN chief international correspondent Clarissa Ward encountered a powerful prayer scene Thursday inside Ukraine. And she took the airwaves where she called the emotional moment very moving. Um, so, yeah, so that was just a great moment there. And that's just, um, I think, a great encouragement because there's still brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine. Um, they're still seeking the Lord. The Lord is doing something there. Uh, I'm sure the gospel is getting shared. People are seeing, I mean, this is a great opportunity where people are seeing this. I'm sure people are seeing this like, wow, they're, they're praying in the midst of this? Why are they praying? Why do they even have hope during this time? And I'm sure that's going to raise some questions and people just that see that click. Like, wow, why are they praying? He even moved uh, the CNN anchor, right? She's like, wow, even in this moment, they're praying. So I think, again, we have to remember that although there's evil in the world, everything that's happening, God allowed to happen for his purposes to bring him glory and also it can work for the salvation of many i mean even with 
COVID, right? Even the pandemic, a lot of people during the beginning were like, how could God allow this? And as the pandemic moved on, we saw that, hey, there's a lot of people coming to Christ just during the pandemic. So the Lord obviously used that, as bad as that is, still going on, the Lord used that for his ultimate purposes. So Satan has a plan, but God uses Satan ultimately to trump him. And just to wrap up here on my end, I'll get back to you, brother. Why we're talking about this, guys, again, is that we just want to bring you back to Christ, point you back to Christ. For the believer, um, it just, all of these signs just shows that we're almost out of here, right? As we're seeing the stage being set for prophecies, many of which are going to happen close to the tribulation or during the tribulation, we rapture out of here before the tribulation. So it just shows that, hey, we're almost out of here, right? That's what we have joy and that's what we're excited about so second timothy 1 7 for one says for god is not given a spirit of timidity but of power and love and discipline so we don't want to be scared of these things ultimately what this points to is the lord's uh soon redemption james 5 7 8 says therefore be patient brethren until come to the lord the farmer waits the precious produce of the soil being patient about it until it gets the early and latter rains you too, be patient, strengthen your hearts. Strengthen your hearts. That's the exhortation. Strengthen your hearts. Be patient. For the coming of the Lord is near, or mm -hmm. other scripture says, at the door. So for the believer, that's what we point you to, that encouragement in Christ. And for the unbeliever, we want to point you to the gospel, that you have to believe on the Lord to avoid these things. As bad as this Ukraine and Russia war is, what we're talking about right now, the tribulation is even worse. The Ukraine-Russia war is a, is a walk in the park. Um, even as bad as it is compared to what the Bible says is coming. And our exhortation or encouragement to you is to believe on Christ. He died for your sins, was buried, rose again on the third day. Um, because you're a sinner, you can't do anything to save yourself. You can't do anything to somehow, you know, reach nirvana or whatever. There's not multiple paths to God, as the world says. Jesus Christ is the only means by salvation. That's ultimately what we're using this news to point to. If these prophecies are being set up as we're seeing in Ezekiel, that means God's word is true. That means that the Bible is from a divine source. If that's true, that means what the Bible says about the sinful nature of man is true, that we're going to go to hell if we don't believe on Christ if we die. But that also means that Jesus sent, or God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take our sin penalty on the cross, right? So that's what we want to um, encourage you guys for if you're not a believer to believe on Christ so you have eternal life so you have hope even in the craziness of the world and they have the same hope that we have that hey Jesus is going to come to get you soon too that you don't have to be part of the tribulation period amen amen yeah. uh, that couldn't have been said more perfect I, I absolutely agree with that um, way to tie it into the gospel message um, and uh, that was brilliant um, I think that uh, we should pray one more time, Io, um, and I want you to close us in prayer as we have five minutes left, yeah. and and pray for the people of uh, uh, of Ukraine, also Canada. I, I'm I'm grieving over what's going on in Canada, um, and so why don't you lead us in prayer uh, for both of those um, countries, and um, and just pray that God um, performs a miracle uh, for His people. Yeah, yeah, sure, brother. Ah, Father, we just thank you, uh, first of all, for the time we spend here tonight, Lord. It was a great moment in your word. We were able to look at the scriptures, see what your scriptures say concerning the last days, and we're able to see how that's being set up. So we know we have the confidence in your word that it's true. 
So we thank you for encouraging us in that. We ask, Lord, as we leave tonight, uh, as we see everything going on in the world, the craziness, it seems that the world is falling apart. We want you to remind us, Lord, that things are actually falling into place, that you're allowing these things to happen for your glory, uh, and for the salvation as many, as we see those people in Ukraine who prayed on the street, and we, we saw that all around the world, and, and I'm sure it's going to have an effect, a, a tremendously great effect in the hearts of many, Lord. And we also pray for uh, unbelievers who are watching this, that ultimately they see this, they see that, hey, God's word is true, that things are being set up, and they believe in your son for their salvation, Lord. And we also want to lift up um, Ukraine and, and Russia as well. We, we ask for the salvation of people that are uh, just caught in between this. The, there's Russian citizens as well who are protesting. They don't want this. Uh, Ukrainians obviously don't want this, Lord. So we pray for their safety. We pray that this ends quickly, that uh, bloodshed is, is minimized, Lord, because there's already casualties. So we just ask that uh, this fighting, this violence is put to an end quickly. We pray, of course, they use this situation again uh, to just bring people closer to you as people cry out um just confused distraught needing help we ask that as they cry out lord they seek you and they come to a saving knowledge of your son and we pray for again for those in russia as well that they also come to the saving knowledge uh, of jesus lord so we pray that you, you you use this for your glory ultimately and that during these dark times we still have hope in your word pray this in jesus name amen yes lord amen May your name be praised and be glorified at all times. Thank you for watching Fig Tree Watchers tonight uh, here on Friday Night Prophecy. We do want to remind you that tomorrow Iowa will be joining us for Saturday Apologetics. And uh, that will be tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, you can watch the replay on this live. We will save it. Um, and you can listen to it on podcast form. And by the way, we just found out this week that um, – on the podcast form, now on Spotify, this video will replay again. So it's pretty cool. Uh, we just found that out. So okay. thank you, Spotify. Um, and uh, with that being said, good night, everyone. And may the Lord be with you and bless you. And may you richly desire the grace of God in your life. Good night, everyone. Amen. Good night, guys.